I was drifting away on life's pitiless sea when the angry waves threatened my ruin to be. When away at my side there I dimly described a stately old vessel and loudly I cried, Ship a Once again, we say welcome aboard. It's good to be with you at this time. Brother Munn speaking. Our program here called The Mariner's Call. All this old mariner by the grace of God saying, oh, it's so good to be saved. So good to be a Christian. Many, many years ago, the Lord took me off of a boat and placed me in in the book of God. What a wonderful opportunity it is to speak forth God's word. And then they have ah, the opportunity to, to, uh, to know that there's so many people listening. I have... Behind this microphone, a collage of pictures. As far as these pictures, I'm actually, I'm actually talking face to face with some of you. Uh, if you'd like to, if you'd like to trade pictures, if you promise not to laugh, if you'd like to trade pictures, l- let let me know, and uh, we'd like to put you here behind the collage here, uh, whereby it sort of makes uh, I can sort of see and visualize the audience, even though you're not here right here in this studio today in the book of 2 Timothy. This evening, whenever you're listening to our program, 2 Timothy chapter 2, a little thought is in verse 4 that I like. In fact, I've been involved with in the past, even in the commercial fishing industry. Think about the rim of the nautical. We've got something I hope will uh, help you here, something that God would have you to avoid. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. If you, hey, if you ever like to correspond with us, this is old Fisher Munn, we're here in the port of Bon Secours, Alabama, which is the southernmost part of the state of Alabama. We're close to the city of Mobile, Alabama. We're to the south end of the bay. I sit right on the Bon Secours River that empties into the uh, into Mobile Bay, that empties into the Gulf of Mexico. Oh, we have beautiful location. But if you'd ever like to correspond with us, we're as close as the old computer, F-O-M-M, and that little period, dot O-R-G. That'll bring you directly to us here at the Fisherman Baptist Church and also Fishers of Men Ministries International. You can sort of <clears throat> look around a little bit on the website, uh, stay away from the pictures, and uh, maybe there's some things we can help you with. Please feel free to correspond with us, especially leave us a prayer request. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. All right, talks about the Christian soldier, verse 3. Verse 4, no man that warreth, Entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who ha- whom he hath chosen him to be a soldier. What now? No man that warth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. If you felt all tangled up, from the very beginning of time, the enemy found human beings easy to tangle up with the right situation and the right temptation. Oh, he's tied of many a person in knots. Has he not? As far as, especially to the things of God. So, as far as this word entangle, I find it used about five times in the Bible. <clears throat> so let's see if we quickly see how uh, Satan has used this and then see how God has always provided a way where God can untangle 
situations that man is helpless and hopeless in. First of all, in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 14, we don't have time to go there. nation of Israel now has left the land of Egypt. They're heading down. Oh, that old Sinai Peninsula. The further they go, the more they see they're trapped. Uh, Pharaoh knew this. All right, they have the mountains on the right, the Red Sea on the left. In fact, in chapter 14, verse 3, they see that they are entangled in the land. And then the people cry out to Moses and say, what did you do this for? Why did you carry us out of Egypt to kill us? You know, and uh, what did God, we had died in Egypt. Moses asked the Lord, said, Lord, what are we going to do? God comes to the scene. All right, now here we go. They're entangled in the land. There's no way to go. To the left, to the right, <laughs> backwards is the enemy, right on their trail. Have you felt that way yourself? Have you felt trapped? I've been in situations where I've just I've had to cry out to God. There is no way out of this. How did God get these people out? He opened a way when there was no way. We think about the Red Sea. How are they going to cross the Red Sea? God gives them a he could have made a tunnel, I guess, but he just opened the sea up. All right, we think about deliverance provided for these people as Satan desired to push them and trap them and then have Pharaoh to come in and make them a servant forever. God helped untangle that situation. In the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 22, some religious folk, they take personal some things that Jesus Christ is saying. And I believe, I'll be honest with you, I believe he intended for them to take it personal. These people were called Pharisees. These people were religious, yes. Very fundamentally, yes, as far as their beliefs, but not in their actions. And uh, so uh, what happened? There in Matthew chapter 22, verse 15, they try to tangle him up in his speech. What? Yeah, you can read it, Matthew 22, 15. What are they going to do? They're going to take the Son of God? This perfect person, as far as his tongue is concerned, we think about his mouth, his ability to be able to speak. When he speaks, he speaks the word of God. And my friend, there's nothing but perfectness there. And you're going to tangle his tongue up? Satan tried. Try to get him to contradict himself. They said, let's see here now. What about, uh, what about uh, the law? And uh, they're going to talk to him about Caesar. What are we going to do with him? And our Savior was just so wise. He knew exactly how to answer. You read it yourself. Matthew chapter 22. Uh, if you're talking about Caesar, you give to Caesar what belongs to Caesar and unto God what belongs to God. The problem is that uh, Christian people usually give Caesar Caesars, but they don't give God God, you know. You said, what? Satan wants to tangle your tongue up. You ever been in that whereby you said, and I've had to say it, I wish I had never said that. All right? To tangle you up as far as your tongue is concerned. I've seen situations that almost produced a fight. I've had people tell me, don't get involved with that person. Don't get involved with him. Don't get tangled up with that person. Have you ever been there? Done that? There's this man, he stands before the judge, and he says, Judge, I have what's called a genetic disorder. What are you talking about, son? I can't keep my mouth shut. My mouth engages before my brain can calculate the possible damage. Many a time with my tongue, I've got all tangled up. Oh, with God's help. Oh, we think about the Savior. Was he able to be victorious in the way he talked? Yes. 
Uh, do you not have his spirit within you if you're a child of God? Yes. When God saved me, cleaned my tongue up. I have no excuse. I don't want to get tangled up. Oh, what tangle web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Sir Walter Scott, you know, whoso keepeth his mouth and his tongue, keepeth his soul from trouble. Tangled up, tangled up. Have you ever felt all tangled up with the world? You know, the world has a pull the Christian just does not comprehend. Second Peter chapter 2 and verse 20, it talks about having escaped the pollutions of the world. And you turn right back into that again. You've embraced Christianity, the things of God, so to speak. And then the pull of the world pulls you right back where you were from. Someone Peter says there, he said, he said, the latter end of your life is worse than the first. Don't let that happen. The pull of the world, First Peter or First John chapter 2, verse 15, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Now, that's not talking about this round globe, this pile of dirt we're talking about. It talks about the way the world looks at things. The world has always been against God, against the things of God, against the words of God. And when I embrace the world that's going the opposite direction, my friend, God is not pleased. The world will take you away from God. The world will take you away from church. The parable there in Matthew chapter 13 has to do with the parable of the sower. The sower is sowing seeds. In one place, he sows seeds in an area called the thorns. What, well, what is that? And he describes it by saying it has to do with people who hear the word of God and the cares of this world choke the word. The cares of this world worldly people, worldly-minded folk, all tangled up, tangled up in the world. Is there some help? Well, he says, love not the world. If he says that, then he must give you strength not to do that. God can help untangle a worldly situation you found yourself in. Then we think about the Galatians chapter 5. Verse 1, it talks about the law. He said, don't be, don't be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What are, you, what, what are you talking about? The writer there to this church in Galatia. Don't get entangled, the yoke of bondage. As far as the law, the law is not something you tangle with. Practically speaking, you know, uh, you, you, you fight the law, uh, the law will win. But in the context he's talking about, you keep reading down the verse 3, verse 4, it's talking about counting on justification by the law. These people at Galatia, they had taken and heard of the grace of God. My friend, they took and, uh, you know, made the grace of God theirs. Boy, they took it to heart. These people's lives were changed. And then others came into the church and added to this grace the law. They say, yeah, saved by grace, but yes, you kept saved by the things of the law. No, 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 no. You can't mix grace and law. All the law brings us to Christ because the law shows that you are a sinner. The law shows that you cannot keep it, and it brings you to grace, my friend. The law is our schoolmaster to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith. And there are people, there was people here in Galatia that was dependent upon the works of the law. Are you saved? Yes, I'm keeping the commandments. No, no, no. That's not how you're saved. If you're not saved by keeping commandments, we keep commandments because we are saved. God has given us power within now because we're children of God. Keeping the commandments is not going to save you, my friend. It gets you some rewards. 
It'll, it'll help you with your life here upon the face of the earth. But my friend, oh, if you count on anything but the grace of God to justify you, you've fallen from grace. According to what it says there in the book of Galatians, Galatians chapter 5. My friend, you don't fall out of grace. You fall from grace. You can't get in grace and get out of grace, you know. And uh, But you can fall from that in the sense of you count on justification by something that you've done. And constantly I talk to people like this. And I said, are you a Christian? I'm working at it. Ah, no, 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 you can't work at that. That's what Jesus did. I've trusted his work. I trust Christ's work for salvation. And now because I trust that he's brought peace in my heart. And now I have strength and power to labor for my Savior, you know. All tangled up with the affairs of this life. Christian soldier, I've seen men tangled up. We got all tangled up with a woman. Woman all tangled up with a man. They ruined their entire life. You know, wrong person. Uh, you know, people coping with problems and they got involved with alcohol and tobacco and drugs to try to cope with it, you know. And they got tangled up even further. My father had me to do this. I was working on the boat. I made a mess. He said, Wayne, he said, look, look at what you've done. Look at the mess you made. I don't want to look at it. Look at it. If I'm talking with someone who's made a mess out of their life, look at it. I've had my dad even say something. He said, now fix it. I said, I can't. And he took and exercised help for me. Sometimes I can't fix the mess I'm in, but my heavenly father offers help. Would you not trust him? Refuse entanglement. Until next week, Fisher Mund. Say goodbye.